Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. I know it's hard to believe there's anything in the world right now but Afghanistan, but we'll be catching up on a couple of national items today and new data on the vaccines. I will probably be taking a few days off after this, so missing one episode, but there will be some UBI news as compensation when we return. Let's get to it. Quick shout out to our Tier 3 patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. Been meaning to get to this for a while, the CDC issued a slightly tailored extension of the National Eviction Moratorium that will cover counties that are experiencing substantial levels of community transmission. That's estimated to cover 90% of renters nationally and will last until October 3rd. It comes after a messy game of hot potato played by the White House, Congress, and the courts. Congress wanted Biden to extend the moratorium by executive order, Some judges said that wasn't legal, so Biden told Congress to do it. Congress couldn't get the votes, nor could they get off their butts long enough, despite great efforts by the newest progressive representative, Cori Bush, who experienced homelessness herself and staged a sit-in on the Capitol steps. In the end, the CDC had to do it, a few days after the previous moratorium ended, leading to some very unfortunate renters being evicted in the interim. And it's not clear that this one will survive judicial scrutiny either. A federal judge in D.C. allowed the new moratorium to remain, but when the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to four in June to allow the earlier iteration, swing vote Kavanaugh indicated that he would not uphold it past July. The Supreme Court also struck down the part of New York's eviction moratorium that barred landlords from evicting tenants that had self-identified as suffering financial hardship and prevented the landlords from contesting that self-determination in court. Biden is calling for state and local officials and judges to issue local eviction moratoriums and move aggressively to distribute the $46.5 billion in emergency rental assistance funds from COVID relief packages that have still not been issued. Likewise, the student loan moratorium has been reluctantly extended, this time by Biden, after similar wrangling, including efforts once again led by Cori Bush. Student debt payments will resume January 31st, and Biden has made clear this will be the last extension. Biden's campaign promise of erasing massive amounts of student debt is still nowhere to be seen. And neither of these moratoriums erase anything, they just prolong the inevitable. Displaying the comically large gulf in COVID mitigation measures, as multiple red states in the U.S. rack up daily infections that dwarf entire countries, New Zealand just initiated a national emergency lockdown over a single case found in the country. The Prime Minister said, quote, We have seen what can happen elsewhere if we fail to get on top of it. End quote. See that, America? We are a shining example to the world. It's New Zealand's first locally transmitted case in six months. As a result of their proactive response, the populace have had essentially no COVID restrictions over those six months, and life has been normal, aside from mandatory two-week quarantine for international travel. One could almost think that swift and committed response was the better solution in every way compared to partially or wholly ignoring the virus. 
And on that note, England's REACT-1 COVID study just released data from the first half of July, which provides much-needed info on vaccine effectiveness against Delta infection. The study sent throat and nose swabs to non-overlapping random residents of England aged 5 and up. About 12% or 98,000 chose to participate. Vaccine status was self-reported and swabs were self-administered with detailed guidance. There were no incentives provided for participation. The main findings are as follows. 100% of those infected had the Delta variant. The unvaccinated were three times more likely to test positive for COVID, averaged across all age groups. Put another way, full vaccination reduced likelihood of infection by 66%. Specifically, 1.21% of the unvaxxed were positive versus 0.4% of the fully vaxxed. Among the smaller age group of 18 to 64, vaccine efficacy for protection against infection was 50%. This was also consistent with participants who reported recent contact with a known infected, which was 3.84% of those fully vaxxed versus 7.23% of unvaxxed. For strong test positives or greater infection, it was 58% effective. Against symptomatic infection, it was 59% effective. Infection rates increased fourfold in all age groups under 75 compared to the previous month, with a ninefold increase in ages 13 to 17. The highest rate of infection was among 12 to 24 year olds. As always with these real world studies, there are a lot of variables muddying the results. Not everyone randomly chosen participated. Is there a bias for participation that's different between the infected and uninfected and the vaccinated and unvaccinated? Probably. Is there a biased difference for taking other precautions against infection that's different between the vaxxed and unvaxxed? Probably again. Ideally, we would try to measure the difference and use it to weight the results, as was done for other factors like age, sex, etc., or the participants could be asked about their other precautions, but this seems the best data we have at the moment. In summary, it shows Delta is far more infectious than previous strains. It's hitting younger populations far more Vaccines are significantly less effective at preventing infection against Delta, and the unvaccinated are still two to three times more likely to be infected, meaning they are, at minimum, two to three times more likely to spread the virus. We also know that they are many times more likely to be hospitalized once infected. Put together, this means the unvaxxed are harming others, both by spreading the virus and taking up hospital beds and staff needed for non-COVID procedures, which is currently a very severe issue in many parts of the country. This data tells us vaccination is the moral choice for those who are free to make it. 50% of the U.S. is fully vaccinated. Globally, it's only 24%, and in low-income countries, it's less than 1%. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the vaccine study thread. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget to Yang Daily.